Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Attacking Third, brought to you by the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Card. Reward your passion and earn points when you stay close to the action. I'm Jenny Chu here with Sandra Herrera, Christine Cupo, and Darian Jenkins. We are the Attacking Third team. Let's go straight into the news here. Alexi Puteas will not be a part of Spain's roster for this international break. The Barcelona midfielder will not will return home after having been checked out by the national team medical staff, who, in accordance with the Federation, the player and Barcelona agreed that Puteas should rest her knee, though they also confirmed there is no immediate injury. Puteas has not played with Barcelona since their UWCL win against Benfica back on November 14th, where we saw that she may have aggravated her knee. From there, we go straight into the WSL action this week, which was full of goals. Let's go ahead and get started with Manchester City against Tottenham. That was a 7-0 beating from Manchester City, but Tottenham had been on an eight-match unbeaten streak. They looked good defensively at the beginning of the match, but Bunny Shaw scores a hat-trick in the first 15 minutes. And Christine Cupo, that wasn't her first hat-trick against Tottenham. No, not at all. She actually loves scoring goals against Spurs. She did this actually in March, uh, last time they met. And once again, if Spurs were not having nightmares of Bunny Shaw before, they absolutely are now. They had just such a smart, smart match that he played. Obviously, they haven't been thriving nearly as well as their men's side this season. But for sure, that just the movement they had. Bunny is unstoppable. I love her. Um, I, I love her even for Jamaica, which a little bummed. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Uh, but she just she's electric. Look at her. Watch the movement. The audacity of some of the shots that she takes that I'm like, I would never, which, you know, obviously not even in her ballpark. Something I love is this trio up top from Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp, Bunny Shaw. I think they are so scary to go up against and they're so creative off of each other and you're seeing them connect a lot more. The way that Bunny is scoring goals, she looks like a bully out there. The one where she heads it and takes a defender with her, I'm like, my word like what are you even supposed to do at that point besides just take the l and watch the goal the ball go in the goal but they have such good chemistry it's fun to see it building more and more i mean 7-0 is that's a hard game to walk away from if you're tottenham i was just going to comment and piggyback off of what what koopa was was saying i think this is we we were laughing a little bit about how much time we had in this first segment of the show and how so much of it's going to probably be dedicated to bunny shaw but 
uh, look, I think when she puts up performances like this, it forces us to to dedicate this much time to her. I think what's most impressive, too, is not just that she got another hat trick, but it's like the sequence of time in which she's delivering these hat tricks. I mean, it takes her, what, less than 15 minutes to to get these all across the board for, for Man City. And I mean, that's tough to come back from, I think, if you're the opposition. And the fact that you have that in the back of your head as the opposition spurs, like, this isn't the first time she's done this against us and now here we go again it's a little bit tough and i think it could be a little bit demoralizing perhaps a little bit of dejecting i think if you're trying to come back from that and i think if you look at some of the numbers uh, around this game not just bunny shaw's uh, hat trick but i mean it was this completely dominant performance by man city it almost was like if you look at the final uh, stats behind this one it, it kind of just looked like like tottenham just never really was in it that's so interesting to me, though, Sandra, because I felt like at the beginning of the match, Spurs' defensive shape was so good that it would be very difficult for Manchester City to get past them just because they were actually very structured. But the only way they were going to score in that beginning, I guess, I don't know, five, ten minutes, was Bunny Shaw's runs are so unpredictable. She she makes that first post run so well, and then she heads, gets on the end of the two headers at the beginning, and then the second one, she's also at kind of like the back post, receives the ball well. But there's something about her instinct that is just incredible to watch. She's so fun to watch. But I felt like Tottenham defensively were were really strong. And then once she broke them down, then all of the goals started coming, which if we look at Tottenham's record, they don't get that many goals scored against them. They've had, you know, they've been unbeaten, like I mentioned. But for Bunny Shaw to just kind of be the player that she is, opened up for the goals to continue to come. I feel like ordinarily for Spurs, I agree with you, Jenny. I think that there were a lot, a lot of spaces left, especially in the box for some of those set pieces that they left that you knew City were going to try to exploit. And I feel like that was a lot of what happened during this match. So they weren't their strongest defensively. Although normally, yes, I'd agree with you. Perfect. Kuba, will you move on to Chelsea against Leicester City? That was a Chelsea 5-2 to two win at Kings Meadow. And of course, Lauren James gets on this score sheet. Darian. Oh, I would be honored to take you through. You guys know I love, I love Lauren James. I love the way <laughs> she plays. She came out so in form i love how effortless she is but her 1v1 ability and her ability to set up others for success is completely unmatched we're talking about bunny shaw also being kind of a bully on the pitch she would look like she was gliding past people in this match there was really nothing anybody could do to kind of stop her and then this movement in the box where we get some tapping goals sam kirkett's on the score sheet i think they're just in very good form that they were able to pick out passes um, in between the seams of the back line, you know, Leicester really wasn't prepared. And I think Chelsea could sniff out their weaknesses, which is playing through balls, getting on the end of balls, not giving up on plays where you kind of thought, oh, Leicester is going to clean this up. And they didn't. And Lauren James and Sam Kerr, I know we're going to talk about them in Champions League as well, but this duo is crazy to go against. I think they're in such good form. And even Emma Hayes after the game, she was talking about how, yeah, she's a little upset that they were conceding some goals, but they're scoring so many goals this season. So many goals that are unstoppable, and they're showing no signs of slowing down. And she spoke about how she's happy with the squad and the harmony they're in right now, which I love that description because they just like they're in such good flow. And there's really nothing that anybody can do to stop them from scoring those goals, especially when you have Lauren James and Sam Kerr. But what a game to watch. I, I can't wait to see their next match. 
hundred percent. I'm with you, Darian. Lauren James, I think just looking at what she's been putting up in terms of her numbers over the last seven games, six goals, one assist, maybe it starts and ends there with her. I love that Sam Kerr is, is, that we're speaking about her in the same sentence with this, but these last couple of weeks specifically to, to watch James and her performances for, for Chelsea, she's really just been sort of lights out kind of, you could just see the gamer in her eyes, which she just kind of wants to take over. And I love that in terms of what we've been seeing in terms of the offensive production for, for Chelsea. I don't know if we're going to start to see maybe a little bit of a, of a remix here. I think last season, whether it was for their women's super league campaign or even champions league, we had a lot of praise for them in terms of what this team was able to show us uh, as far as their defensive structure, that they were kind of a team that that showed us like, hey, we can grind out those gritty type of games when we need to do that. But some of these games, when we're looking at these scorelines, when we're looking at these performances from Lauren James, it's almost like, are they just going to go out there and say, you know what, we're just going to score more goals than you and be done with that? Sandra, I don't hate that, though, because, you know, we saw in Champions League last year, you know, they make it so far in Champions League, but they weren't able to secure the win, right? Obviously, now we see that they are scoring so many goals and they can do it in such a different ways. Like all of the different goal scorers, we love to watch Lauren James just slice through like the sharpest knife there is. And then Sam Kerr has her moments where she's scoring in Champions League. It's all working out perfectly and they're all doing this for Emma Hayes. But the fact that you can still score on them, but they will always score more than you is such a great point. But will this be the season that they win the Champions League, Sandra? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I I know we're going to talk more about it a little bit later. I think we'll have a, to take a look at what they've done in the group and what's to come for them in, in the group. But I think if you're looking at just their women's Super League play and how they're on top of the standings right now with a bit of cushion as well, I think it's maybe like a four or five point swing at this point between them and, and, and Arsenal. It's, it's hard to take a look at them and say they aren't the favorites, even if they maybe necessarily aren't on top of their uh, Champions League group right now. Nice. We'll definitely get more into that during the Champions League section, but let's move on to Arsenal versus West Ham. The big one on this one was Beth Mead scored her first goal since coming back from her ACL injury. That is 403 days since she has been on the Arsenal score sheet and her her tweet out that this one was for you, Mom, is such a beautiful, beautiful. And besides the tweet, the goal itself. Christine, I know that you're an Arsenal fan, so talk to me about your Arsenal performance here. Yeah, no, they they look great, actually. Uh, Arsenal now on their sixth straight win in Women's Super League after this defeating West Ham here. Uh, Beth Mead being back, and like when I say back, I mean back on the score sheet, is just like a beautiful thing because it's what you expect of her. Look at that. That's just beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, and we have like Frida Manum, who also bagged a goal. Uh, just really pretty pressing, and they were also just playing straight through West Ham's lines really well. I think Idaval had made a comment that, you know, even like Kira Cooney-Cross um, has really been adapting well to the system. And I think we're finally getting the Arsenal side that we expected to have, uh, well, in Champions League, you know, minus that whole snafu. <laughs> yeah, well, we talk about West Ham and West Ham isn't this, you know, strong team that Arsenal really needed to beat down up against. Uh, West Ham, that's their fourth loss in a row. They're fifth in six matches. They've conceded 19 goals in eight matches. I mean, they're tied for the third worst defense in the league. West Ham has has struggled um, this season, and we're hoping that they get some potential reinforcements. Some rumors are saying that Karina Gori may go to West Ham. We know her from the Matildas and the World Cup team. I don't know. Darian, what do you think about that possibility? I mean, I think that's amazing. Bring more Australians to the WSL because they're all killing it. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about this Arsenal match because maybe I have a bit of a hot take. The second half, 
I thought Arsenal should have put away so many more goals. They created so many chances of a lot of crossing. I feel like the whole second half was just crosses, 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 but nothing really put away. What, what did you guys take on that? Because I thought watching West Ham, they weren't performing great. Arsenal, the first half was doing well, but I would have expected more from them. Maybe I'm being a little hypercritical, but I think we're kind of at the point where we're watching so many crosses go in. There should be more to go in. I think when you take a look at that kind of stuff, what were the missed opportunities coming out of a game like that? I think that is something that you circle uh, immediately, especially I think when you're looking ahead in the holiday break, they're going to have some time to go over some things or maybe sit and think about some things that they could could work on uh, a little bit. And that's possibly one of them. Maybe you're looking at some of the teams in front of you. In this case for Arsenal, it's just Chelsea. But if there's that little bit of gap that you're trying to close and chase things down in the standings, you don't want things to come down to a goal differential and you don't want want to take a look back at games where you had against maybe a lower seeded team that you should have maybe taken advantage of a little bit and have that come back and bite you. I think I agree with that, Sandra. I think that Alessia Russo was certainly put in a shift there just from wide play, trying to get those crosses in. I think that maybe they're still trying to get their match form together because, you know, obviously we have the injured returning, but not necessarily playing to capacity yet, trying to sort of, you know, shake off a bit of that green and rust. But uh, yeah, you're right. They, they need to be taking advantage of these goals while they can. So much more to talk about in women's soccer. We're going to go ahead and continue that conversation in a moment. Just a quick break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to Attacking Third. Manchester United bounced back from their derby loss last week with a dominant performance against last place Bristol City. But there was 14,138 people in attendance at Ashton Gate Stadium. And that is a record and that is worth mentioning there. Darian, what did you take from this match? It was good to see United bounce back. My word. It was a decisive win. They got a little bit lucky on the first goal. Uh, Miyazawa with a heavy deflection. Um, but you know what? Goal's a goal. I'll take it. I wouldn't be mad if I scored that. Um, I thought that Bristol put up a good fight in the first half, but United created a few more chances. Both keepers had to come up and make some really big saves. Um, but this goal by Perez, what, is, what a decisive header. Um, she also had another opportunity that was taken offside, but she was probably, between her and JC, those were my players of the match. I thought that they dictated play, the tempo of the match. And JC's hold-up play, I think, is a really good layer for this United team. 
the way that she's able to kind of spin out of pressure and maintain possession higher up the field and allow everyone else to get higher is really effective for them. And I think going to be the difference maker moving into the rest of the season and the next few games that they have, because before I think they got stuck and we weren't able to see them actually move the ball up and have a good amount of possession into the attacking third. See what I did there, but they weren't allowed to have possession <laughs> up there. So I think now that she's able to hold the play up, be a little bit more creative and people are able to play off of her. It's given them another layer of, I don't know, success and swagger to this team that I think typically I haven't liked watching them play. So it's a good start for them, and hopefully they keep this momentum going to their next matches. I don't think that's unfair for you to to point out a little bit, Darian, saying maybe this is the game. I'm, I'm with you that maybe this is the game that we finally said, okay, they're looking good. They're attacking. This is what we want to see out of this Man United side. But I'm going to elaborate maybe a little bit more on the question that you presented to us with, with Arsenal. I think when you're looking at these teams— who are going to likely be the teams towards the end of the season competing for top places in the standings. You take a look at the numbers in this game and wonder where were the rest of the goals? Is a is a 2-0 scoreline reflective or representative of maybe all of the work that you did on the pitch during this game? I mean, we're talking 24 shots with only eight on target and two goals coming out of this match, you know? So I'm, I'm curious if this is one of those games for Man United that says, yes, we're, we're playing, we're cooking, we're clicking. This is how we want to feel, you know, have this freedom, have this uh, cohesiveness with each other. But what are you going to to look at moving forward in terms of getting the ball in the actual back of the net? Sandra, that's such a great point because we look at these stats, like you mentioned, yes, the 24 shots to the eight goals shots on target, but the touches, 843 touches in comparison to Bristol's 431. That is almost double the amount of passes that they completed. And just the pass completion percentage, everything is dominant, completely dominant about this game. And that takes us to the question about JC. I know that, Darian, you were talking about how good it is that she has that hold-up play, and that's really helping Manchester United. But the fact that she isn't getting on the score sheet, is that becoming a bit of an issue? Or is that the next part of her game that she needs to elevate? Hey, coming from a forward that's had scoring droughts before, it's part of the game. It happens. We know that she can score goals. She did it with Barca. So I think it's just another layer that's going to be added. I think first now is coming the hold-up play and her connecting, setting everyone else up for success. And then we're going to see her getting goals because the more that she's able to maintain possession higher up the pitch, she's going to get the ball back again higher up the pitch in dangerous areas. So I'm not worried about it. I totally understand the point of it, that she's not putting the ball in the back of the net. But I think there's other things that have to happen before she's actually getting those opportunities to put them away. And I think this game was just the start of it. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Liverpool against Brighton. That was a Liverpool 4-0 win at Prenton Park. Um, and this breaks a four-match winless streak in all competitions for Liverpool. We saw this was a fifth-place against a ninth-place matchup. And Liverpool seemed to be all gas, no breaks. They came into this match knowing that they could have some stats up against Brighton uh, that struggles to defend. After this match, Brighton now have conceded 19 goals this season. Uh, Christine, what did you take from Liverpool's performance here? I mean, four goals on Brighton. They uh, Brighton made them look really, really strong. In fact, they probably gave them some confidence to bolster them, to send them forward. That was another match where, you know, Liverpool had 17 shots, you know, eight, nine on target. I think they could have done a little bit better than that, but they absolutely hammered Brighton. They, you know, possession-wise, just passes that they got off was... It was a performance. I think we're seeing this reinvigoration, this Liverpool side. 
Sandra, what do you think? Kupo, I hear you. Jenny, it's like we got the mind meld because it's like, I mean, I'm listening to Kupo <laughs> talk right now and I'm like, she's not wrong on anything that she's saying. But I think when we're talking about- I just, a I stole about, all of Sandra's notes. <laughs> when, when we're talking a little bit about these team performances right now coming off of this past weekend, I think we're also, we're speaking to them a little bit in light of the fact that there's about to be this winter break, right? A lot of these teams already have eight games or so under their belts of their season. They're going to have some time to take a look at things. And I think when you're perhaps one of those teams just on the outside looking in of the top four, this is the game that you're going to be proud of to sort of say, okay, let me step away, take my my holiday break for, for a second. This is one of those kind of games where you're saying, all right, we went out there, we did the job that we wanted to to complete and go ahead and and compliment yourselves on that now you're doing it against another team in, in brighton that could possibly make a run if they get some things together but i think that's a little bit far-fetched that's the other side of this when we're talking about all these women's super league games there were a lot of these score lines that i think left a little bit to be desired where you're kind of looking at the teams who are putting up these numbers or putting up these performances and you're saying all right these are definitely going to be the teams that are going to have a final say down the later stretches of a season going up against other teams who may continue to have the type of season that they're already having at this moment. But I think if you're Liverpool, again, on the outside looking, and this is one of those performances that could perhaps propel you or maybe change the trajectory of a season for you. It's like they're just right there. I'd love to see them take this and build off of the performance. There is so much more to be desired because they are having these opportunities, I thought that Liverpool's outside speed is really dangerous, especially on the counterattack. And that was something that they can definitely grow off of. Um, but the band of Sandin's second goal, she dedicates that goal to her new daughter born this week and cradles the baby. Did you guys see that? I was so confused. We see that in men's soccer sometimes when they're like dedicating the, the goals to the babies. And we see the, the pregnant woman um, putting the ball in the shirt. She dedicates to her new daughter born this week. Born this week, and I mean, just what a week for her. Great to see that from Liverpool. And as more is to be desired, there's plenty of time to see the best of Liverpool. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to Aston Villa against Everton. This is interesting because Aston Villa, after their very strong um, transfer window, potentially very promising, they just continue to disappoint us. Uh, what do you think about that, Darian? Would you agree? I mean, yeah, this is a team we had a lot more expectations for coming into this season. Um, some really big signings. Rachel Daly always leading the squad. With any team Rachel Daly's on, she's going to score. So I, what was I even saying? She's such a threat going forward. But she did get on to the scoreboard this game. You see this little movement, cheeky finish. But defensively, they're letting in so many goals and you know, Everton, I didn't expect to win this game. You know, there was the own goal and then this penalty that they were giving up, um, which Everton put away, they got the win. But I think we have a lot higher expectations from Aston Villa with all of these players and the depth that they actually have on this team. But there's no harmony. You know, we talked earlier, Chelsea having a lot of harmony right now. I think when we've watched Aston Villa play for a while, there hasn't been any sort of real chemistry or nothing's coming together in a poetic way that's beautiful football or helping the team succeed. So frustrating for them, but good on Everton to get this win because I don't think a lot of that, a lot of us had that on our, on our cards. 
I know I didn't. I'll just put myself on blast for sure. <laughs> but I'm with you on everything else, Darian. I think when you look at Ashton Villa, they are not in a place where we anticipated them to be. I thought they would try to build off of some of the things that um, they put together last season. Big signings, like you mentioned. Well, good signings. Signings that could maybe try to get them over some of those humps that they endured over the last campaign. But maybe, you know, we're talking a little bit or I'm speaking a little bit to the fact that we're looking at these games with their holiday break coming into play for a lot of these teams. And, and maybe for this club specifically, it's it's coming at a good time. This is a moment to perhaps hit a reset button in terms of what are your goals for the remainder of this season? No, you can't entirely lose a season in your first possibly six to eight weeks of a year, but you can really put yourself in a bit of a hole. And I think that is maybe something that they're going to have to think about a little bit when they come back from this holiday break. I think I was a little bit surprised. Obviously, Villa were supposed to be coming into this season, especially after some of the big moves they made really, really hot. But Everton were actually what shocked me more because they really were able to do more with less, right? They had, what, four shots on target. They were able to convert two of those of seven shots all in. They just were really, really effective. And I, I really, quite frankly, no, I didn't see it coming out of Everton. All right, stay with us. We have more European women's soccer next on Attacking Third. docu-series on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back. It is time to chat Champions League action in the UWCL. We see the results. Uh, Lyon beating St. Poulton 2-0. Uh, you see PSG losing to Bayern Munich. We'll get to talking about that one. Chelsea beating the dark horse Paris FC 4-1 here. Roma Ajax. Roma just dominating that performance. And Haken getting a win over Real Madrid. We're going to be sure to discuss all of this action, but let's get started with PSG against Bayern Munich. Magdalena Eriksson being the difference maker here, coming from a Chelsea side last season. Darius, Darius, Darian, get us started on this one. Hey, Darius is a new one. I usually get like Darrell or something. I'll take Darius. Uh, no, I'm, I'm so bummed. PSG, I'm such a PSG fan. But again, I feel in Champions League and in these big moments, they just don't show up in certain ways. There was opportunities where they could have scored. They weren't able to put anything away. And Bayern just had a little bit more of a dog in them. And Erickson with a really decisive, you know, touch was pummeling into the box. And PSG weren't able to come back. I mean, it was good to see Katoto back in the squad and healthy. Finally, I know we've missed her for a really long time. Missed her in the World Cup. And PSG has missed her. But something about playing some German clubs, PSG hasn't won the last four matches against a German squad. So I think they need to take a hard look in the mirror because if you look at the players on this club and success they've had in the past, you think PSG is going to wipe the table. But I think it's just been shown that other teams are catching up, are kind of seeing their game plan, are taking advantage of opportunities more. 
And that's how uh, Bayern got this win over over the French Giants. Yeah, I'm with you, Darian. I think when you're looking at PSG, when we previewed this a little bit, I said I wanted to see uh, a quick start for this PSG side. I wanted to see that level of urgency pretty early. And when you look at this very narrow loss to Bayern, it is tough, I think, if you're PSG to take a look at that and say, how did we let this one slip away? It's their second loss in the group. It means that they're sitting at the bottom of the group standings at this moment. And it's all on the back of a performance that was pretty decent. I think it's a respectable performance that they had in their group stage against Bayern. I mean, it's you have to take a look, I think, in terms of their 14 shots, their, their five on target to not be able to convert any of those compared to the 10 total shots from Bayern, two on target for them. And then take a look at, at, at what you're getting back in, in Marie Antoinette Cotota. That, that in itself is something that is is probably reinvigorating, I think, for a group that was looking for something to kind of shake things back up in this group stage. But very, very tough loss for them uh, in the group stage to, to be at the bottom now of the standings. Let's go ahead and move on to Hacken against Real Madrid. This is incredible because this is a massive result for Hacken. This sets them up pretty nicely to make the knockout, knockout rounds. But Real Madrid just lost in El Clásico 5-0 to Barcelona. They come back and then they lose to Hacken. They are not in good shape here, Christine. Yeah, Real Madrid have not looked themselves. And, and I think there were some really bizarre dismissive comments even by their coach at this point. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to minimize their performances or lack thereof, but this is not the Real Madrid that you expect to see. Um, Hacken, though, you really can't uh, really... I feel like their presence has been minimized and it's wrongfully to do so. Um, I would not count them out at all. Uh, they're obviously pretty formidable. That's right, Kupo. That's what I love to hear when you're talking about this game between Real Madrid and Hacken, because I said it on my Twitter. I'm going to say it here. Tis the season to believe in Hacken. Look, I think we're we were all looking at maybe Paris FC to possibly be that surprise, to possibly be that dark horse. And turns out it is the Swedish side who is coming up in this group and absolutely shaking things up. But maybe we shouldn't be too surprised at this moment uh, for them kind of getting in there and kind of throwing some bows and, and stealing some of these results. This is a team that's building off of what they did last season. I mean, they were closed out just narrowly winning the Swedish league by just goal differential minus one in that one. They, probably were motivated by that a little bit. They're currently sitting in second in the standing in the Swedish league as well. So I think this is, this is a team that maybe some folks weren't too sure what to expect from going into this group stage, but the fact that they're going into this and racking up two consecutive wins against other experienced teams in women's champions league, I think says a lot about them. I think it absolutely puts the group on notice. And I think with some other games in front of them, are they going to exit this group on top? Are they going to be that number one seed? So I think that is something else that will probably help motivate this team moving forward. Now, Sandra, I completely agree. I also love, we talked about this in the world cup and obviously it's different tournament, blah, blah, blah. How other teams are now contenders in these major tournaments just goes to the growth of the women's game so much. This, like a Swedish team, we, we were all kind of joking about it weeks ago before these games came out, like, oh, you know, Real Madrid's going to win. Oh, this team's going to win. Paris is not going to get anywhere. And boom, are they humbling 
the crap out of me. I'll say it. It's, it's me. I was totally second guessing these teams, but I think it's just, I love to, I wanted to highlight like the growth of the women's game and how big it's become and that it's, these teams are shaking things up and proving all of us strong and me in particular, but I love to see it and go women's champions. Like uh, we need to get out to a game at some point. I'm, we, we need to make that a thing on the attacking third. I'm a yes. Speaking into in existence, Darian. I love it. <laughs> You know, one of the things that I noticed there is that I tried to take it a little bit negatively. I'm like, oh my gosh, Real Madrid, look at they just came off of a 5-0 loss and now they just lost to Hacken. And Sandra, Christine, Darren, you guys took it positively and said, hey, props to Hacken. Um, this is a team we didn't see coming. And I love the little shift there from the negativity to the positivity. Um, that's exactly where we need to be and the fact that women's soccer is growing. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to Roma against Ajax. This was played in Roma I mean, Roma have won nine straight at home in all competitions. And something about the way they play, they're so aggressive in their movements forward. It's just really fun to watch. I mean, this is the first goal that gets scored. It's in the very beginning of the match. But the second that the, the pressure, when Ajax is coming out on the second goal, you see it as well. They are so entertaining to watch. Sandra, what did you see from this game? Because I know that Roma has been impressing in their league as well. I saw exactly what I wanted to see. I wanted to see that response. I know when we had recapped the Roma and Bayern and then previewed this match a bit, I had said similarly to PSG that I wanted Roma to continue that fire in their next group stage. I wanted that same urgency that they kind of bundled up towards the later stages of that previous group game and then build on that in this one. And I absolutely think that they delivered in this one. Heck yeah, let's go Roma. Forza Roma, die Roma. Uh, they are, I love their style of play. They are never not attacking. And quite frankly, the task at hand for Giacinti and uh, Giuliano has been to disrupt when they're not attacking. And in this game in particular, it paid dividends because that's how Giuliano was able to pick up that second goal. We have the Giacinti brace. I just, I really am really high on them. Right now they're sitting top of the table for Serie A Femminile. And rightfully so. They've they've definitely figured it out. Roma's tactics are just really, really great under Alessandro Spugno. Um, I have no notes there whatsoever. And this is against an Ajax side who had just beat PSG the prior week, 1-0. So I think that people counted Roma out in a lot of ways. And I think it's fair to have said that because this is only Roma's second season in Champions League. This is also now their first season, actually first week playing in their own home stadium. They previously were playing about an hour outside of Roma just based on UEFA regulations. You know, Roma, 11 wins, one draw in 12 competitive matches. They're absolutely no pushover. Christine, a big part of that winning mentality in Roma and that success is Evelyn Bien. And she came out in this match with an ankle injury towards the end of the match. Considering that she scored in almost every of the games that she's played for Roma this season, at least five in Serie A, how huge of a blow this is this to them? Because you're talking about their style of play, and a lot of it has to do with her. For sure. She's definitely an orchestrator of, of how they play, although they do move collectively as a unit really, really well. I think we're going to probably see in the next couple of weeks how exactly they sort of transition without her. But her absence will definitely be felt. She's not she's not a player that's a one to one that they have just sitting on the bench to be able to just call in another Evelyn. All right, we can move on. We'll go ahead and follow how Roma does without Evelyn Vien there. But we're talking Paris FC against Chelsea. I know, Darian, you wanted to talk a little bit about their performance in Champions League as the Blues continue their unbeaten in nine matches this season in all competitions. Sam Kerr, I'm going to just give it on a plate to you here. Second career uh, Champions League hat trick for Sam Kerr, Darian. 
she's insane. Second career champions in hat trick. And these goals weren't easy. Like her, we talked earlier about her and Lauren James, that connection. Lauren James going 1v1, you think, oh, there's all this space on the wide. No, she's going to cut inside, feed in Sam Kerr, and then boom, again, she's in between the lines. Just a little touch into the back of the net. I love the varieties in which she scores because now what immediately comes from what a punt and she does a little chip and a little dip for her third goal. The hat trick is complete. She's just unstoppable in such good form. Um, but I thought, again, another decisive win from Chelsea. We said, you know what, they they can't stop scoring goals. They're going to, Sandra, you said they're just going to score more than you. They got one on them. They didn't get the clean sheet. <laughs> You can't be mad at it. Like all of the goals that they're scoring and how much fun it looks like they're having while they're playing, I think is a testament to what good form they're in and how much they're trying to win for Emma Hayes. And everyone laughed at me when I said, you know what? I think Chelsea, this could be Chelsea's year. I don't know. Maybe, you know what? Teams will score on them, but it could be their year to win champions. Like there's a lot on the line. They want to do it for Hayes. They're going in the right direction. So I'm, I'm going to keep my word and stick with it that I think they're going to, I think they're going to take the cake. Oh, okay, Darian, but I think, I mean, maybe you're putting the cart before the horse here because this is Chelsea's first Champions League win, okay? So, and it's against Paris FC, who, giant slayer in and of themselves, okay? We saw them bounce Arsenal and Wolfsburg, which I am still deeply upset about, but I have to give them a lot of credit because they play really nice attacking football, and they had a really, really evenly played first half, which against the Chelsea side, who's well, well stacked, which we covered this uh, probably to exhaustion before the season had even really started because look at their roster. And at the helm, of course, Emma Hayes, who who couldn't say enough good about her, quite frankly. But to Paris FC's credit, you know what? They managed to squeak out that goal. Taya Grebeval manages to, to pick up that header. Then on top of that, you know, we say enough about Samantha Kerr, but not only is this her second hat trick in Champions League, this is her eighth hat trick in a Chelsea shirt. That's absolutely bananas, okay? That's just an insane stat. I can't even fathom how that's real. But is she going to do it against Hacken? We'll find out. <laughs> is she? I, I mean, uh, we're <laughs> I think, yeah. we are now the biggest Hacken yeah. fans ever. <laughs> <laughs> On a cold night in Sweden. Um, Sandra, I just want to get your thoughts here because after this dominant win, the discussion could have been about Chelsea's win, but some of the central talking points were about this match being played at Stamford Bridge and why there weren't more fans there to go support Chelsea in comparison kind of to Arsenal when they went to go play at the Emirates and they had some sold out stadiums and really big attendances. Uh, what do you have to say about this one? It's a uh, picking and choosing a little bit. I think when you're looking at the narratives of, of what you're trying to focus on, sometimes I, I think, look, you have to take a look at and maybe what Arsenal is doing correctly or maybe what Chelsea is doing incorrectly in terms of marketing these types of games uh, to fans to try to pack, you know, the houses that they're being hosted in. It also depends on, you know, the attendance within the actual facilities as well. So if, if we're talking about Chelsea getting about 3,500 in a possibly 4,000 capacity type of um, uh, arena, then that's a near sellout technically. So I don't know why uh, maybe you're not referring to uh, that as maybe a victory, but maybe as a slight. It, it's interesting to sort of hear some of the attendance chatter coming out of, of these games in comparison to maybe some other English teams that have gone up and, and put up such such high, high uh, attendance records. But I don't think that's for lack of uh, 
production or product on the pitch. I think if anything else, Chelsea is absolutely exceeding expectations of their billing. I think you have to maybe try to direct those uh, storylines or narratives or comments or questions uh, towards the clubs and what they're doing to make sure that this excellent product is being played in front of lots of eyeballs. Sandra, bang on. I totally agree with you there. I think it's exactly that. I think that negative news or painting it in that way and framing it that way would get a lot more attention than say, hey, it's in your sellout crowd. And I think the other part, if you're going to bump it up against a side like Arsenal, I think that Arsenal, the men's side, do a much, much more effective job of cross-promoting their women's program as well. And so they can get people to show out at Emirates. That that cross-promotion is an important factor, Christine. Uh, Stay with us. We're going to take a look at the road to the W Gold Cup when we return on Attacking Third, brought to you by the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless Park. Reward your passion and earn points when you stay close to the action. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome back into Attacking Third. There are some big matches coming up this international window. Here's a look at the Road to W Gold Cup qualification. Six teams are already qualified for the group stage. That's the United States, Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, Paraguay, and Canada. And then the three group winners from League A will also automatically qualify for the group stage. There are three remaining spots in the Gold Cup group stage, which will determine, which will be determined by matches between the runners-up of League A groups and the winners of League B groups. Um, like I mentioned, Plenty of matches here. Uh, Jamaica against Panama on Wednesday is one you have your eye on there, Sandra. A quick change of coaches after Lauren Donaldson was not renewed post-World Cup. How do you see this one going? Well, hopefully, by way of Jamaica, I think at this point, this is that next tournament post-World Cup that we wanted to see the support for the reggae girls, for the infrastructure to really get behind them and propel them forward into a competition like this. And I don't know if we're really seeing that at this moment. The World Cup squad saying we have to settle out our World Cup pay discrepancies with the Federation before actually competing in the these games and what we've seen is a bit of a secondary squad called into the road to the Gold Cup matches. So they're at the bottom of their group right now. So this is absolutely a must-win game for them for current head coach uh, Xavier Gilbert. Is this the the person who's going to continue to to lead this team in these types of high-stakes games? I don't know. I think a lot's going to depend on whether or not they're able to get a win or get a result within this game. But with matches so few and far in between and them sitting at the bottom Bottom right now, this is absolutely a must win. It's not just about a draw. They have to get all three points. So now, historically, in the last four meetings with Panama, Jamaica have come up with the win three of the four times. But from what we've seen so far, they, they don't really they don't have a bunny in the squad. I don't know. Do you think that I'm going to bounce it back to Sandra? Do you think that Panama, because they're very scrappy, could manage to pull this off here? Yeah, I I think when you're looking at the history of the record of head-to-head, maybe that could be seen as uh, a bit of an upset 
But I think if you've got the squad that has players that are maybe perhaps a bit more informed or at this point even just have a couple of games of experience within this format of Road to Gold Cup qualifying in terms of what to expect, that maybe they do have the upper hand or advantage a little bit in this game going up against Jamaica. And they'll be motivated. They want to be winners of their groups. They're probably going to want to qualify. And the way they're going to do that is by making sure they disappoint or upset Jamaica. Well, Darian, you're in Puerto Rico (laughs) and Mexico won the Pan Am Games. You're expecting something good from that one? Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. Mexico's in good form coming off of the Pan Am Games. And not just because I'm in Puerto Rico, although it is a nice little layer into why I'm looking forward to this game. But I think there's some really big time NWSL players that are showing out that's going to be good to see them with this Mexican national team and uh, watch this game. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how well Mexico has been doing under their new manager after Monica has left the team, uh, been fired there. Plenty of good names coming out of that national team roster this time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Attacking Third, brought to you by the Marriott Bonvoy. Boundless card, reward your passion and earn points when you stay close to the action. We will be back on Friday at 7 p.m. We will see you guys then. It is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.